Make my way carefully up here. I've got these. I've got new bifocals on, and the uh, I'm finding the stairs are a bit of a challenge. <laughs> it's a privilege to be back in Bathurst preaching this morning. It's been a a while, and thank you. The uh, Pastor Andrew and P Pam are overseas and uh, enjoying a, a holiday. We watched them uh, avidly, and Liam tracked them on his uh, what is with his phone and and watch them and oh they're here they're here they're here you know and they flew and and so it's uh, we know they've arrived safely and so so praise the lord for that we just they're in rome i think today so god bless them it's uh, great to be here with with uh, the congregation and also with with carrie ann leading worship our granddaughter a special privilege she's uh she, she has the ability of projecting herself, and I could hear Pam as she was doing that, you know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so there's a, there's a projection. The ability to project yourself from a platform is, uh, is, is, is a blessing, and it's a, it certainly is a uh, great. It's good to be here. There will be communion after we preach this morning. We'll be sharing in communion, the Lord's Supper, gathering around that. So we certainly invite you to participate and consider it. And if you know the Lord Jesus Christ, then wonderful, no matter whether you're a part of this church or not. But if you want to pass it by and you don't know the Lord, then feel free to do that too. And so don't be intimidated by that. But uh, it's good to see faces that we remember, uh, some that we miss. But it's also great to be here with you as a church family. And uh, it's an honor to open God's Word. 2 Timothy chapter 2, if you want to look into the, to the Word this morning... 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses, uh, just, well, I'm going to read the first 10 verses is what I'm going to preach on. But verse 1 is a special verse. It says, Timothy, my dear son, be strong with the special favor that God gives you in Christ Jesus. That's a New Living Translation. King James says, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. We talked for a while this morning about the pathway of grace that we walk upon. And as I listened to Edna make reference to the fact of how good God was and how faithful he is and how wonderful it is to be able to walk and sync with God, that really is in line with the message that we feel God wants us to preach this morning. But living in grace, the pathway of grace, God's goodness, the grace is the goodness of God revealed to us in ways that we grasp, sometimes we grasp it, and we worship God and we say, thank you, Lord, for it. Other times we don't grasp it, but we enjoy the, to being able to participate in it. There are times when we are unaware of the protection and the blessings of God until we find ourselves in the midst of a crisis and we turn to God. And he makes us so very much aware of his love, of his provision, of his mercy, of his, uh, uh, of his wonderful, the wonderful beauty and the glory of the peace that we have in the midst of the trials and the storms, but the peace that comes from God, it's all through His grace. Now, in a nutshell, that's what I'm preaching this morning. So let's look at what Paul had to say. He said, be strong with the special favor that God gives you in Christ Jesus, or be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Be strong in the grace. So the challenge is there that we, that we are to be involved. We live in challenging times, uh, we all hear about and experience price increases and the stress that that brings. 
people's hearts are failing them for fear. You know, we've just come through the, the crisis of a pandemic. Uh, increases in sicknesses and tragedies, floods and famines that you see on the news and fires. I mean, Alberta is in a state of emergency today. They declared it last night because of fires. And so there's, there's an unpredictability and an in instability that surrounds us. And we say, Lord, I'm sure glad you're in charge, you know, and, and keep your hand upon my life. And that's the grace of God that we're asking for. And we're asking for him to be merciful to us. And so we see that God's goodness is offered to each of us in Christ Jesus and receiving daily strength to walk the pathway of grace. When I need wisdom, I ask God. Uh, the Apostle James says, ask God for it and he will not withhold it. You know, uh, when I'm in time of grieving and sorrow, Jesus binds up the brokenhearted. Hallelujah. It's grace revealed. He binds us up. He gives us peace and calmness inside, healing. I'm looking for direction. I'm told to acknowledge God in all my ways. And he will direct my path, you know. I'm facing relationship issues and crises. Then Jesus tells us to pray that he will give us understanding in all things. Lord, help me to see this situation the, the way you see it. Help me to understand it the way you understand it. Help me not just to have my own knowledge and my own perception, but God, give me by your Holy Spirit working in me by your grace the ability to see it the way you see it. And when I do that, there is, that's the essence of the wisdom of God and the grace of God revealed in our hearts, in our lives. And that's a wonder. That is a wonder. It's a beauty. It's a glory. It's, a, it's amazing. When I need strength and courage, to step out in faith when the challenges are before me. I, I, I need to hear Jesus say, follow me and be his disciple. Because I'll tell you, there's many times when we are not sure which step to take. But he does give wisdom and he does invite us to do his will. And in doing his will is a pathway of peace. Not of fear, it's a pathway of peace. Thank God because he gives us a peace that passes all understanding and will keep our hearts and our minds, our emotions and our minds, in and through Christ Jesus our Lord, Philippians 4 tells us. Paul says in Timothy, he said, my dear son, my dear son. Don't you love that phrase, my dear son? Sounds like he was a Newfoundlander, you know what I mean? <laughs> and so it says, my dear son, my dear son, be strong with a special favor that God gives you in Christ Jesus. As born-again believers, we are invited to live in God's grace. Not, not just at special times, but to live in God's grace. And to live in that grace is a dimension that God calls us to. That's the favor and the goodness of God. To be strong in that. The same grace that is in Christ Jesus. That's what Paul said. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Wow. 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 You know, wow. Be strong in the Lord, Ephesians says in chapter 6. In the, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Not my own strength, you know, because, because it's his strength, it's his might that we are invited to participate in. Paul, again, be strong in the grace. Second Corinthians, Paul says, he quotes Jesus' beautiful promise in verse 9. He said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Jesus said, pardon me, Jesus said to Paul, he said, I'm not going to take away your thorn in the flesh, 
but you will find and experience that my grace is sufficient for you. Because he said, my grace is made, he said, he said my strength is made perfect in weakness. So it's, when we face those challenges, we live in grace. But in the midst of that grace, that goodness of God, there is strength. Strength to not just be victorious, but strength to endure. I think of the poor Maple Leafs, you know, the first game they won, 9-5. to five. That was wonderful. I think it was 9-3, to three, I forget now. But it was, you know, but the second game, they, that, that was, you know, like 3-2, to two, and I, they blew it. They really blew it in the second game. So don't know what's going to happen tonight, but I do know this, that they need, they'll need some strength and some grace, you know. But, but anyway, that's as far as I'll go down that path. He says, therefore, Timothy, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ. It's Jesus' grace that gives us the strength to live a godly life. And, and Paul, to emphasize that point in this section of Scripture, focuses on three illustrations. He talks about the soldier, he talks about the athlete, and he talks about the farmer. And so as he, as he unfolds these first ten verses, the soldier, he said in verse 3, endorsed suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. As Christ's soldier, in verse 4, do not let yourself become tied up in the affairs of this life, for then you can't satisfy the one who has enlisted you in his army. You can't please the Lord if you get all tangled up in the ins and outs in the affairs of this life that are, that are mundane. Sometimes things are tough for, for, for enlisted soldiers. As a Christian soldier, don't involve your things, yourself in things that affect your relationship with God. Uh, what is essential is to realize that Christians, our first priority is making our life a life of worship to God, a life of praise, a life that is ex acceptable to Him, that the steps of our pathway might be acceptable in the eyes of the Lord, that, that we live from day to day. Or secondly, the, we need to be aware of the essential nature of holiness and of the holy relationship, we, of, the, of the righteous relationship in grace that we have with a holy God and our desire is to please him as a good soldier of the cross because we are called to be his disciples and we cannot ignore the, the, we cannot ignore the significance of holiness, of living a life that is pleasing in the eyes of God. And that's not legalism I'm not talking about. I'm talking about holiness, a holy God. When you come up against the holiness of God and you're living with an unholy heart or a sinful nature, you will lose your peace in a hurry. But when you follow the pathway of peace and walk in the pathway of grace, you walk in peace and you walk in love and you find that Jesus is there to provide strength. And he is there to give you understanding. He is there to give you wisdom. He is there to help you along. He heads your cheering section. He blesses us. He encourages us. And then all of a sudden we see the fruit of something that we have been involved in, recognizing that the fruit surpasses our investment. It's like planting a seed, one little seed that becomes a, a, a tomato plant that bears, you know, like, like 10 pounds of tomatoes. It exceeds the potential of that one little seed because something else is at work there, which we know is the design of the tomato plant. But the other aspect of living God's will that is at work that we reap the blessing of is God's grace. It's God's presence. 
It's God's provision. And we have to stop and marvel and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This is not the work of my hands. This is the work of God. You know, when you're, when you're doing your own work, when you're building a house, you have to drive the nails home. If you don't drive the nails in, you're not going to finish your house. You know, that's just the way it works. When you're shingling a roof, if you don't nail the shingles on well, they're going to blow off, but you have to do it right and you have to work hard at it. But you know something? When you're working in the kingdom of God and he gives you the seed of his word to sow and you sow the seed of God's word in love and in grace and in truth, guess what happens? God gives the increase and God multiplies it and we have to step back and marvel at how good God is and say, wow, wow, I could never have done that. And it's praise the Lord. And you know, I could never have done that. And it's true, we can't do stuff like that. But God does. And God can. And every one of our lives are a testimony of the grace of God. And as we have followed as a disciple of Jesus Christ, we have the privilege and the wonder and the awesome joy of seeing the hand of God at work. And it is good. It is good. Hallelujah. I was going to end with this verse, but the psalmist said, that surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The goodness of God, the, the, the goodness and mercy, the grace of God, walking in the pathway of grace. The psalmist captured that as the Holy Spirit gave him that understanding. But think about back to the soldier for a minute before we move on to the, to the athlete. Imagine a soldier in the midst of battle going to his sergeant or his lieutenant and saying, sorry, Sir, I'm sorry I have to leave, but I have to go over into the town to see about some business. And then after that, I'm going to go out for supper. I've got a date with a local girl, and uh, I just won't be able to be here for the battle tonight. You know what I mean? Like, i got other things to do, you know, that are important. And they may be important in their own right, but they don't fit into the life of a soldier. And so we find that, that a great many Christians are trying to fight the battle of Christianity in that way, of a, of a mixed-up focus. Good soldiers are effective because of their fixed focus and limited priorities. Fixed focus and limited priorities. You know, the Christian is strong when our pathway follows Jesus and our focus is on loving God and loving others. It's strong. It's strong. Our pathway is strong and effective. We see the athlete illustration. He says in verse 5, Follow the Lord's rules for doing His work. Just as an athlete either follows the rules or is disqualified and wins no prize. So to win the Stanley Cup, you have to follow the rules. You know, you have to follow the rules. That's, yeah. Athlete, ath, athletes have to follow certain rules or they're disqualified. They go to the penalty box. Sometimes they should spend more time than they do in there. You, you know what I mean, you know. They've practiced for years to be ready to compete. The Christian's strength comes from following God's word as the authority for living. So see that the, the God has given us the rules to follow, uh, the word. He's given us the word, not a, not a vision. He's given us the word. The vision will, a vision will, will, will confirm what we already know in the word, you know, uh, we, we, it's, not, it's not a dream. It's not even an angel. An angel will speak. 
according to the word, not contrary to the word or another direction. And it's not a, not a prophecy. Prophecy, yes. Prophecy is good for confirmation. But in the words of one preacher I listened to, he said, if somebody prophesies over you and it's not something that God by his Holy Spirit has already spoken to you, he said, it's a bunch of hooly hoo. Now, I'm not sure what hooly hoo is. And I didn't ask him afterwards, but it sounded kind of poetic to me anyway, you know. So he said, like, like no matter what somebody else says, we need to follow the word of God. That is God's pathway. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Praise God. Amen. Follow the pathway later in the word. The word and truth will establish your life. We see the, the farmer talked about the farmer in verse 6. Hard-working farmers are the first to enjoy the fruits of their labor. Now, some of you have been eyeing your gardens and you're, you're, you're itching to get out there. You're buying seed and you're buying other supplements and you're, 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 you're just aching, you know what I mean? You've been shopping for transplants and some of you have been babying them in your, in your sunroom for at least a month or two, you know what I mean? Trying to get them started and give them a good chance at success. And um, what farmers are, it says hard-working farmers. Uh, farmers work hard. They feel their land. They take joy in the growth of their crops. I mean, they celebrate the second leaf. You know what I mean? The first leaf, then the second leaf, and the third leaf. They celebrate those things. Guess what, honey, when you come in from the garden? Guess what we got? We got, you know, we got the second leaf is coming, you know? I mean, it's not very big, but it has a lot of potential, Right? It's got a lot of potential. So preparing the soil with sweat, planting the seed in faith, invites God's grace to provide the harvest. It invites God's grace to provide the harvest. The best advertisement really for the, for the, uh, the fruits and vegetables of a Thanksgiving dinner, you know, uh, of a hardworking farmer and his family. The strength of the Christian is in the experience of partaking of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the strength, is partaking, being a participant. The soldier, the athlete, the farmer, all of them are hard workers. The soldier, the discipline and sacrifice of the Christian allows God to pour his grace into the obedient, courageous heart. That's the soldier. There, there's the, the athlete, the Christian who follows the rules of the gospel allows God to pour his grace into the striving, loyal heart. That's the, 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 uh, the athlete, the striving, loyal heart that's diligently following Jesus. And there's the farmer, the hardworking farmer, plants the crop or seeds and tends the plant and harvests the crop. The hardworking Christian creates a place where God can grow his grace in a committed, loving heart. Hallelujah. It creates a place where God's grace can be revealed in a committed, loving heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Help us to be Christ-like. All these things are pictures that Paul was drawing. Paul spoke from personal experience of the need to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. In verse 8 he says, Remember, as we spread the gospel, to remember that Jesus Christ, the seed of David, was raised from the dead. He said, according to my gospel. That's what Paul says, according to my gospel. He said, Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, according to my gospel. The master designer, the giver of grace, the creator of this universe. We follow a living Lord on this pathway of grace. 
we see his footprints go before us. We follow Jesus. We are a disciple of Jesus Christ. And so we seem to be able to spread the gospel. He said, remember that Jesus Christ, the seed of David, was raised from the dead. Hallelujah. We celebrate our living Lord. We celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We worship God together on Sunday because it's resurrection day. It's the first day of the week. Hallelujah. It's resurrection day. So it's resurrection life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we can celebrate and rejoice in his presence because it's a place of grace, a place of joy, and an atmosphere of grace that empowers and strengthens us to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Hallelujah. And he says, the promise is, my grace is sufficient. It is more than enough. More than enough. An ever-abundant supply. It's not a finite or limited supply, but it is an abundant supply of grace that comes from, through our Lord Jesus Christ. But there is still the challenge that needs to be strong. Paul says, just as I am now in jail. Reality check. He said, I'm in jail. I'm writing you this letter, Timothy, from prison in Rome. He said, I'm in jail. He'd been, he'd been arrested. Because I preach this good news, I'm suffering and have been chained like a criminal. But the word of God cannot be chained. In verse 9, he says, the word of God, it cannot be chained. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I think Spurgeon is giving credit for the quote of saying, the word of God, you don't have to defend the word of God. The word of God is a lion. Set it free and it will defend itself. <laughs> you know? Hallelujah. There's truth in that. There's truth in that, that the word of the Lord is, is strong. Paul says, I'm in jail. God's word gives life, but he said God's word is strong. It is the power of God unto salvation. Paul says in Romans, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. You know, when we come into, we're, we're living in grace, we're living in truth, we're living in, in, in the power and presence of the Holy Spirit, and we're faced with an opportunity to speak up for the Lord or to speak up for the gospel at work or some other place, and we find ourselves, we find that so hard. It's like all of a sudden there's a wall. All of a sudden there's ice in the pit of your stomach. All of a sudden you freeze and you don't know what to say. You know? Then you need to just simply pray and say, God, give me the right words. And you step out in faith. And it takes courage to do that. It takes courage. I recognize. That's why Paul says, be strong. In other words, be strong. Paul spoke up. They arrested him for speaking up. You know, that's the reality of it. That's where he was. But speak up in love, in life. And, and not, not, not preaching for the sake of preaching, but just simply saying, God, give me the right words wisely. God, give me the right word to say. And when you speak the right word at the right time to the right person, guess what? The ice melts. The fear is gone. The presence of the Holy Spirit is with you, comes upon you, and you find that one word becomes two words. It becomes three words. And as you speak those words in faith, in grace, in love, guess what happens? God, the power of God, comes into that situation and many times gives that person something to think about 
for days and weeks ahead, or maybe it brings them to the point of salvation right there. You just never know. You never know. But never be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. How shall they believe if they don't hear? And how can they hear if we don't speak or don't preach or don't share? How It it's doesn't work that way. But praise God, he's given each of us a tongue. Amen? Now, you can communicate in French much better than I can. So people that don't speak English wouldn't have a clue what I was saying. You know what I mean? And people that don't speak English wouldn't have a clue what you were saying if you were speaking in French. But aren't you glad that you're bilingual? Many of you are bilingual. You can, you can spare the gospel with anybody around here. You know what I mean? I say, God bless you. And, and step out in faith and, do, and, and represent Christ well. Paul, in his conclusion, verse 10, he said, I am willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation and eternal glory to Christ Jesus to those God has chosen. God has chosen. Think about what I'm saying. Verse 7, the Lord will give you understanding in all these things. The strength of God becomes ours by the grace of God in Christ Jesus. Walking in the pathway of grace, living in the blessing of God's presence, living with God's approval on our efforts, that's the pathway of grace. Living in the presence of God, living with God's approval on our efforts, knowing God's will, seeing God's purposes through his wisdom, his love, and, his, and the joy of the Lord. Understanding God's plan. Bathe your, the, the situation in prayer and saying, God, I'm not sure what the next step is, but I'm committing this to you. And as you pray, God gives you understanding and he opens your heart and opens your mind and you're able to say, this is what I need to do. And then the courage to do it. That's, that's the challenge that lies before us. Walking in God's pathway is not always of our own choosing, but it is always right. Walking in God's pathway of grace is not always of our choosing. In fact, many times it's hard. But you know something? It's always right. It's always right. And that's where God gives the increase. That's where God gives the blessing. We see that God's place pulls our heart and strengthens our resolve. And God's promise of his grace is sufficient. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. He said, Paul, remember this. Even though you're suffering, my grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient for the, for, for the day. My grace is sufficient for your tomorrow. My grace is sufficient for the, when the sun is shining bright and everything is joyful. My grace is sufficient when the night is dark and you can't see your hand in front of your face. My grace is sufficient for you. Hallelujah. For me... For you, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God is great. God is good. Grace is sufficient. So walking in the pathway of grace is grace for the day, grace for the task, because God equips those he calls. Grace for the day from the crack of dawn until you lay your body down at night. There is grace of God for the day. Grace that exceeds our natural abilities. You know, grace that controls negative circumstances. Grace that enables us to rise to the challenge. Grace that provides for our daily needs. Grace. His grace is sufficient. Second Timothy 
chapter 2 and verse 1. Therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. We have to keep coming back to that, that it's the grace that is in Christ Jesus that we are partakers of, that is poured out in our lives. We find again in Isaiah chapter 40, for those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings as eagles and run and not be weary and walk and not faint. How is that possible? What was Isaiah picturing? What was God pouring into the heart of Isaiah hundreds of years before the day of Pentecost and before Christ was crucified or rose from the dead? He was pouring possibilities stated in faith that we are able to participate in because God's grace is sufficient, hallelujah, and His presence is real and His plan and His purposes are eternal. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let our hearts rejoice. In conclusion this morning, Paul is, pre- is teaching Timothy what can be called Christian grace-filled principles or counter-cultural challenges and standards. Don't avoid responsibility. Our culture, nobody wants to get involved in anything. If you're willing to jump in there and, and, and get involved, guess what? You're in the minority whether it's talking about a teacher's committee or at the school or whether it is on something in the community, you're in the minority. But guess what? We need to stand up against the, 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 the normal standards of the culture and get involved and take responsibility. Praise the Lord, and God will give you wisdom and strength in the middle of it. Hallelujah, because you bring a dimension that nobody else can bring. Right? So you bring a perspective that's different. Not that you represent a traditional Christian perspective, but you represent a perspective that really is birthed in the presence of God, the word of the Lord, and that is truth. Praise the Lord. Does that mean you're always right? No, it doesn't. <laughs> but guess what? It's always something to pray about and say, God, give me wisdom and understanding so I can work my way through this challenge. And if I'm wrong, help me to see it. And you say, Amen. And then I can work my way through it and I can do it for the glory of God. So don't avoid responsibility because it's a godly privilege. All these examples that Paul gave Timothy was work hard. You know, work hard. So don't avoid work. Don't avoid responsibility. Don't be lazy, you know. But say, Lord, I want to represent you well. I've only got maybe, maybe, maybe I'll be 73 this year. Isn't that scary? I said, Wow. I haven't got much time left. Lord, help me to do it well. Help me to do it well, you know. And uh, so, so we recognize that, that God's good, and we, and we have the challenge. Secondly is be committed to the task. Stay focused. Stay focused. Good soldiers, are, they stay focused. A farmer doesn't pull up the plants. He pulls up the weeds. You're like, focus on what, what you're doing, you know. And an athlete does train and does score the goal when they need to. If, and then thirdly, if you'll walk with God, he will work with you. If you will walk with God in the pathway of grace, he will work with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you will see a harvest. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And and someday, 
we're going to bow in the presence of he who is king of kings and lord of lords. Praise God. Praise God. Someday, some of us are going to hear a trumpet. And the trumpet of the Lord is going to sound. Praise the Lord. The dead in Christ will rise first. And then we who are alive and remain will be caught away with the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Because we're living in grace. Because we're walking on a pathway of grace. So we need to keep our eyes on the Lord. Stay focused to the task. But isn't it interesting that Paul told Timothy, be strong. Don't lay down. Be strong. Stay focused. Get involved. Speak up. Stand up. And do the will of God in this community, in your life, and, 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 and for the next generation. Hallelujah. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Praise God. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Let's bow in prayer. Praise God. Carrie Ann, could you come? Father, we thank you. Thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the presence of your Holy Spirit in this place today. The witness, oh God, that we have of, of, of the potential that exists within each of our lives Oh, God, to see your will accomplished and your work done. We thank you for that. And we ask, God, any person here who today who is questioning whether or not they want, need to serve God and need to lay down the, the trappings and the, and, and the junk that's gathered in their life and the sin that is hindering their walk, that they would do it this morning and lay it down before Jesus Christ so that, Lord, you could cleanse them with your precious blood. You could... You, you, you could take them and wrap arms of grace and love around them and, and, and fold them, O oh God, and give them a purpose in living and a joy in serving you and in knowing you. For in Jesus' marvelous name we pray. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, if there's anyone here this morning you'd say, Pastor, you know, I need to come to that place. I've been thinking about it. God's been speaking to my heart. And I recognize even before I ever came to this place this morning, that God wanted me to come to this altar and kneel down and say, God, forgive me for my sin and for my life and bring me into that place of, of, of relationship with you. I'd like you just to consider that. I'd like you to stand right where you are and just come on down here to the front and kneel at this altar and say, Lord, I want to give my heart and my life to you in Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. There are those who will pray with you. If you'll come, if you, that's in your heart, you to do that. Praise God. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed and those that say that's where my heart is, that's where my, that's where my spirit, that's what's going on inside of my mind and I need to do this. Would you come right now? Praise God. Praise God. Let's all stand just for a moment. Let's all stand and uh, we have our heads bowed and the music is playing. You say I need to come I need to pray. Just, just take a moment right now and come. Praise God. Let's just, out of respect, let's just, oh God, praise God. You say, that's where my heart is. That's what I need to do. Don't put it off. But come even now. Praise God. 
those who um, are serving communion this morning that you would like to come and we'll prepare for that oh Jesus Jesus we're going to let our brothers pray here he said he just wants more of Jesus in his life more of Jesus in his heart so uh, we'll just let them keep praying waiting on the Lord and uh, there's others that need to do that would desire and say Lord this is my this is something for me, then I would invite you to do that as well. Praise God. Praise God. One of you would, if one of you would like to serve the, the worship, well, there's the worship team one. Praise God. I'm not sure how you do this, so we'll just pass them out.
may be seated. Praise God. One of the most momentous and beautiful occasions in Scripture is when Jesus met with his disciples to share with them on the Passover before his before his death at the cross, before his trial, before his arrest. And as he met with his disciples, we find in Luke chapter 19 that uh, he described what was happening. And he said, when the time was come, Jesus and the apostles sat down together at the table. And he said, I have been very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. For I tell you now that I will not eat this meal again until its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. So we anticipate a time in which when the church age is complete and Jesus comes to take us home, hallelujah, that we're going to have a celebration uh, with the marriage feast of the Lamb It's described in Scripture around a table with Jesus leading and uh, with us participating in a wonderful and glorious privilege of the presence of the living God who will be there before you. Hallelujah. And with us. Hallelujah. He said his time of suffering was coming, and he, he represented that in verse 19. He took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. He broke it in pieces and gave to the disciples, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Father, we pray that your blessing would rest upon this congregation, upon those who are scattered around and even in their homes watching this morning that maybe have gathered the emblems and are participating in communion even with us. I pray, Father, that you will give strength, give wisdom, and the witness of your Holy Spirit of the, of, the, of, the, of the great and wonderful privilege we have of celebrating uh, not, not a, uh, the fulfillment of the Passover, which is in Jesus Christ. He said, this is my body, which is given for you. So we celebrate that Jesus gave his life and gave his body. And we take the bread and we, uh, we ask your blessing upon it and upon this juice. For in Jesus' name we pray. So take the wafer that you have in the second cup. And he said, this do in remembrance of me. supper also it says that he he took the cup and he said uh, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people an agreement confirmed with my soul which is poured out as a sacrifice for you hallelujah for you talk to his apostles he looks at us and it's for you me. So we take this juice to be partaking together this morning.
thank you for coming to Evangel. And truly, it is by his stripes we are healed. Thank God for his healing power. And if you have a need in your life today, we would welcome you to come at this time. And a breakthrough member will pray for you and pray you through to victory. God bless you. Have yourself a great weekend.